You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. From the AfterBuzz studios in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menounos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies, this is AfterBuzz TV. And welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Legend of Korra After Show. And joining me today, the very, very airy Mr. Tori Miller. And next to him, the the very dependable, the very solid, salt of the earth, Miss Katie Cullen. You don't know me at all, do you? Not really. <laughs> Hi, everyone. <laughs> and ladies and gentlemen, I am just the the fluid, the flowing, the man that is just sounding like he's urinating right now, John Quick. <laughs> Classy. Yeah. So much class. He's the element of class. I'm the element of style. Tari's the element of cool, yeah. and Steve's not here. <laughs> and Neither is Liz, unfortunately. Yes, unfortunately, we're missing our fire today. Miss Liz Richmaui was not feeling well. She could not join us, but... So we're... send her your well wishes. Please do, as we, this very unbalanced Avatar group, ventures forth into these new, uh, these new episodes, episodes five and six, The Metal Clan and Old Wounds. You know what we are. We're a pro-bending team. Yeah. Oh, what? We are! Yeah. <laughs> Wait, no, you're air. Dang uh, it! <laughs> well, now well, that air is a thing, maybe I can be a part of the team, too. Yeah, air could easily replace fire in that, so yeah, let's... Sure! I, yeah. I was so excited, Stop but I'm wrong. Stop discriminating against <laughs> air. <laughs> well, to be fair, there were only, like, three of you for a while. <laughs> Well, a lot to unpack this episode. We were introduced to a brand new city and a lot of new characters and a lot of revelatory um, facts. Such as, yeah. Such as um, Su Yin, who is Lin's sister. Or half-sister, I used bum, to say. Bum, bum. That's big news. But let's let's starting <laughs> off that the city of Zaofu, just brief description. So one of the first things you get to see in this is they is after Korra and the rest of them play with fetch play fetch with naga which is so cute (laughs) and such i mean we 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 got a little bit of glimpse into like kind of what we can kind of expect when um they at the very start of the episode they tell us like hey we're going to zaofu because that's where the new airbender is immediately call on the radio yeah convenient plot twist but well yeah it's like what's the avatar's number again uh, i wrote it down on that sticky note over there <laughs> we got like five bob which one that's the new element plot divisium that's <laughs> <laughs> what this show bends as well but lynn is not is not big on going to zalfu even though it's a city made entirely out of metal big whoop yeah yeah her words <laughs> so despite her protests off we go and so, yeah, let's let's talk about like just even the design of the city. So we have like these three kind of like, I guess like central towers that are like surrounded by these plateaus, um, almost yeah, and um, mountains everywhere. Yeah, and they have these like um, I, I don't know, it's like it's leaves or something that like comes up and closes in on them at night. Like it's it's like a lotus flower. Yeah. It is like a lotus. It's it's just one of those things. Like it's like, it's kind of like reminded me of the city of Omashu, where it was where that was city was entirely built around earth bending, 
True. And the entire city was built of like, or you know, earth and stone. So this is another like great example of kind of like the creators, like just kind of thinking it's like, wouldn't it be cool if? And then just, like, going in that direction. Yeah. Well, and they say it's the most secure city there. And it makes sense if they quite literally close the city up at night. No one gets in, no one gets out. And that big metal flower blooms the next day, and the city's open for commerce. Yeah, I guess no one gets in or out unless they're a metal bender. Well, yeah, but it's going to take more than one metal bender to open something that size. And we ra- can't all be tough, Beifong. <laughs> it's true. Um, and they're rarer than, uh, I mean... Yeah, they're pretty rare. We we know now that it, it's one in every hundred. So, and most, if you were an air a metal bender, that's the first place I would go. So I would assume yeah. that like most of them live there already. Yeah, was, they call like everybody lives in the metal clan. They call yes. Su Yin. She's the matriarch of the metal clan. So it's it's more than like everybody that lives in there is like considered a, kind of an extended family, I guess, in a sense. Mm-hmm. And they they talk about like the just the overarching philosophy that of the city of Zaofu is supposed to be kind of like the founding philosophy of metal bending, which is um, you know to go beyond to like you know achieve your full potential, and how like everybody within the city is kind of like a Renaissance person, like all based around like what they kind of like that huge statue of Toph Beifong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they all have varied interests, and they're all encouraged to reach their full potential and. It's kind of like a liberal arts college. Yeah. Come in, learn, grow, but you better be a metal bender. <laughs> a little bit. I guess we, we didn't see anybody who was a non-bender, but I guess we exactly. didn't meet everybody. That's true. Yeah. But there was, did, there was, like, this weird, like, I got kind of this vibe of, like, so the city, like, closes up at night um, when we meet Suyin and she talks to Ai Wei, the guy that greets Korra and them at the at the landing pad and they find out that Iway is a truth finder and she mm-hmm. says yeah there are no secrets in my city and it's like it was it was played off to be very very nice but did anybody just get that whole like city of walls and secrets just a little bit from that a little bit yeah. of 1984 up in there just there are no secrets well you can lie just don't do it in front of that guy yeah <laughs> or be off the ground um, levitate and lie yeah because that's not obvious <laughs> Yeah, just a lot of there's a lot of great images with this, and we also find out just in that one brief exchange, Toph is still alive. So another one of the potentially you think potentially they said that she left and went to seek to tour the world and seek enlightenment, and no one has seen her since. Right. So they have no confirmation that she's dead, but that doesn't mean she's still alive. It's one big question mark. I, well, they brought back Zuko. Why wouldn't you bring back? Oh, I know. I'm I'm just saying there's no guarantee. Gee. That's true. It could go either way. And it's kind of interesting, like, well, we're going to get into it later as to why she left Republic City as their police chief to go off to do this. But continuing on continuing on from Zaofu related to that, so, of course, we now are unpacking all of this extreme family drama between Lin and Su Yin, which at least this episode, we don't... We're not sure what exactly is, has been going on, but Su Yin is ready to put it behind her. Or has already put it behind her, and Lynn just will not let it go. She's being horribly acerbic, even more so, just catty. Yeah. Not something that she usually does. She's usually very brusque and very to the point, and you just kind of go with that. She's the police chief, but she's just straight up being mean. There's really not another way to put it. She's just being an awful person. Yeah, that, well, and that's that, not like her. 
Yeah, well, like, like just that first scene where they meet on the like. First off, Lynn won't even get off the airship, which is just kind, yeah. which is just kind of interesting. He's like, "Don't tell anybody I'm here." It's like, um, okay, why? <laughs> I don't have to explain myself to you. Just don't do it, right? Okay. Which got me thinking at first, guilty conscience. But as soon as she mm. and Su Yin met, she was automatically like on Su Yin's case about something. Like there was a lot going on, and just like in that conversation. Right. It's like it's like what has she said? Yeah. It's just like you're the re- she's the reason our family got torn apart thirty years ago. And then Sue basically says, "Yeah, and you done a bang up job of keeping it that way." I also so like you it. know they're friends. <laughs> oh yeah, just a lot of a lot of just warm the warm and fuzzies of oh, like yeah. I haven't seen the sibling in thirty years, which. I guess an, another one for the fans to speculate on. So we have that they're Lynn very, very much asserts they're half siblings. Yeah, mm-hmm. from different fathers. See, there's this fan theory, and I adore the hell out of it. That Toph didn't need a man; she just fashioned them both out of Earth. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know what? I like that one. I I'm gonna go with that. I have seen that comic. <laughs> I didn't know it was a comic. That's just something that I see people tossing around. No, somebody I'm t- like head cannon accepted. <laughs> I think it was like, well, a lot of people seem to think that just this is just the fan theory that Sokka is like the father of Lin. Could be. Hmm. It's a, I seriously doubt yeah. we're going to get any semblance of confirmation on any of that. We could throw out all sorts of stuff. It could be this guy. It could be that guy. It could be people we've never heard of. It could be people we know. Who knows? Well, well you we're know. We're having they, fun. Well, they never talk about what happened to Zuko's mom in the show, but then they immediately answer that in the comic series, so maybe we'll get that. I haven't read the comics, so I don't have that information. Don't spoil (laughs) me, commenters. Don't do it. (laughs) Although, as we've established in the Attack on Titan panel, this is a great time for blackmail. (laughs) (laughs) No, see, our Sword Art Online people are really good at not spoiling me in the comments. There has been exactly one person who pointed out that an innocuous comment that someone made was indeed a spoiler, which none of us knew was a spoiler until this person pointed it out. Right. But aside from that, people are usually really good at not spoiling us if we ask them not to. So I'm asking you politely, and if you do it, I'm going to get angry. Yeah. You don't want to see what happens after You won't like away. me when I'm angry. <laughs> anyway. anyway. Really don't try back it. I tra- on topic. I tried to get $5 out of her for, you know, not spoiling Attack on Titan stuff, and she just hit me in the face. It was, you know, <laughs> I thought. I was across the table from you. <laughs> but you kept threatening violence. I was ac- <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Watch the Attack on Titan panels. We're just a barrel of laughs and homicide. <laughs> Yeah, but mo- we we get along about as well as Sue and Lynn. Yeah, so which, let's which let's talk about like that dinner scene just between oh, the two yeah. of them. Just all so like the awkward. just like little snippy comments you just get right. firing off at her. Like what? Like I'm trying to like really kind of figure out what exactly because they they are acting like siblings to one another, like siblings that in the that worst way. Yeah, that don't that don't get along. Whereas like. Like you, th- you think that Su Yin is trying to. Well, I always figured that Su Yin would be the one to be tried to like put them back together. But Su Yin isn't even really all that interested in them coming to grips. She's just kind of like, 
you're being stupid, and I will stand back here and let you apologize. Well, and right. it sounds like, and we get a couple lines about this in the next episode, it sounds like she's reached out before and she's tried, and Lynn just completely cuts her off. So it's not that she doesn't care anymore, it's that she has exhausted all of her resources attempting to bring her sister back, and... It's not working, so she's just done trying. Yeah. Because Lynn has to be the one to change. Sue extended the hand, and Lynn refused it, so... Which, I, which I'm not sure if it's even in Lynn's, like... We, we've seen, like, her... Just who her character is. Like, she refuses to change for, like, anyone and everything. I think that's in part of the persona that she has to kind of assert being, like, the police chief of Republic City, which no doubt is not easy. Well, yeah. we're kind of getting into second episode material here. Yeah. Well, a, a, a little a bit. A little. Right. But well, I mean, she's not really good at expressing her emotions, and that's all that this is. This is like yeah. coming home for Thanksgiving after being away for years. Um, there's all those tensions that, one, I mean, you could assume that she's also been building them up in her head over the last 30 years, which makes them worse, whereas um, being in this liberal arts college, Suyin has been kind of like trying to wash it away. And you can tell she's she's angry about the fact that Su Yin has what is really an idyllic life. She yeah. has like a lot. She has like what like three or like four or five kids. Five kids. She mm-hmm. has five kids, two of which created a game Sport. called Sport. Yeah, yeah. It's called Power Disc, like Wing and Way. Yes, <laughs> they have. Yeah, Wing and Way, they created a sport called Power Disc, and they're evidently good at it. They have Huan, who is the artist, and he's got long hair and a side cut, and he's he's, he's an artiste. He's oh, one of yes. those people. He has a lovely banana um, sculpture. A lovely banana <laughs> sculpture. That's actually not innuendo. It looks like a banana. It's inspired by harmonic convergence, but it, as Bolin points out, it looks like a banana. <laughs> we have an unnamed eldest son, who evidently does a lot of the contracting for her architect husband, and we have Opal, who is the only child who is important in these next two episodes, <laughs> because she is now an airbender. Yeah, which was, I thought it was a great, like, it was a, it was kind of a, a fun scene, like, meeting her. Just, there was a lot of, like, going on underneath, because Korra is like, well, we want to take her to the Northern Air Temple. And Suyin is like, well, that's that's impossible. Nonsense. She, her family is here. You can just stay here, live in the lap of luxury, and teach my daughter airbending. And Cora is well aware that she is not the best person to teach the ins and outs of airbending. Right. She knows it, but she hasn't lived her entire life in the discipline. This is why Tenzin is having all of the new airbenders at the uh, Northern Air Temple. Well, it's not only that. It's like being a being an airbender, at least from what I have been able to understand is like it's it's not just like shooting gusts of air at people there is kind of like a lifestyle that you have to kind of internalize to really understand and it's like it's air is supposed to be the element of freedom mm-hmm. and like we're already just kind of see like opal probably is not going to become a really great airbender if she's always like held by the constraints of like of her family because that's yeah quite literally under the dome yeah and Stephen King. Uh, <laughs> That's a reference, people. <laughs> <laughs> and while we're at it, who else shows up at dinner? Oh, Barrick. Barrick. Water tribe Tony Stark. I have missed this man so <laughs> I much. Know. I know. He's awful, but he's... Hmm? Oh, I was saying I want him to have his own show. 
I would watch that TV program. Would would, would it just be called Julie Do the Thing? Yes! (laughs) You know how they did, like, they did little mini episodes for Gravity Falls while we were waiting for season two, and they do mini-sodes of other things? I would watch Varric mini-sodes, just called Julie Do the Thing, and it would be all of his inventions and her having to clean up after him. It'd be perfect. I would watch the hell out of that. I think that could work as a... Kickstart it. I think that could work as a web series where it's like a Billy May... It was like a series of Billy May-style commercials. <laughs> Varric and Julie. <laughs> Could you just imagine that? Just Varric with you know his sleeves rolled up. <laughs> Hi guys, Varric here, <laughs> and I want to tell you about my latest invention. And just like Cora's like just reaction, like what are you doing here? And he's just like, that's a great question. What are any of us doing here? Like completely skirting over the fact that in the it, just in the last season he helped orchestrate a war. Um, Tried to kidnap the president, framed Mako, did all sorts of awful stuff. And just the red versus blue fan in me. It's like, why is anyone here? And I'm sitting here going, oh, no. You ever wonder why we're here? It's like, oh, we went there. We went there. It's not a philosophical question. I just want to know why we're in the middle of a box canyon. It's not a philosophical question. Why are you at this dinner table? It's like, you Who know, invited you? Because because of your various crimes. Of course, we, of course, we find out like Su Yin, like uh, you know, her chef used to be a pirate lord, and she's just like, oh yeah, he was a pirate lord, and it's like, no big deal. What do you what do you mean, no big deal? Other than the, no doubt the murder. <laughs> but he, he cooks was a now, and it's glorious. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I guess so. Varric, you know, he just caused international war crimes and, you know, but hey, he's got magnets. Yes, <laughs> magnets, how do they work, are evidently a thing of the future. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's got ideas. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's got ideas for a bullet train, which, you know, yeah. based on real technology, we've seen that that actually works. And that's something you could really use in the Earth Kingdom because it's huge. Yeah. Or just even just getting around the world. Like, that could probably simplify a lot of things, because I'm willing to bet airships are expensive. Yeah. True, but I'd imagine you'd have issues over oceans, and especially now with the spirit population. It's going to be a lot harder to um, maintain, that's the word, <laughs> a bullet train track over an ocean. Yeah. Did you, either of you guys get sinister feelings from him? Like, I feel like... I, I always get sinister feelings well, from there. Yeah. He's, he's a constant schemer. I mean, but just introducing magnets to an all-metal society, it's like, well, I'm going to make something that will take away all of your weapons. Have a good day. Which, go, just going into the next episode, the the magnet suit. Right. Oh, gosh, that was <laughs> way to pull everything right off the dinner table. Yeah. It was one of those moments that, like, this didn't really add anything to the episode. I, I don't think they're ever going to come back to it, but I don't care. <laughs> it added a necessary comedic break. Right. And given right. what goes on in these episodes, we kind of need it. Yeah. Which, getting on to more serious stuff, Zaheer officially infiltrates Airbender Island as, what what was his cover name again? Uh, I'm uh, Yoru. Yeah. Yoru. Yoru. He's like, I just learned, I just found out I could airbend. I want to be a student. And of course, the kids are like, we got another one. Yay. <laughs> Iki says, Mom, hey, Kaya, we got another one. <laughs> but the thing is, it, he is so, so bad. I go, he blows his own cover. It's kind of amazing because the spinny boards of doom come back and they show, you know, the new air acolytes trying to get through and getting beaten to death by the boards and, you know, be the leaf. I don't even know what that means. I love Milo. He, he, keeps, he keeps on getting funnier and funnier. It's like, you are a disgrace. <laughs> be the leaf. 
course, these kids have no idea what he's talking about. Right. And Zaheer goes through like it's no big deal without even breaking a sweat. He's mm. too good. And then, and this is all in the span of the same day, I think. Yeah. yeah. I think this is all in less than 24 hours. He sneaks into Tenzin's study at night and reads poetry off a medallion. It's just like, oh, it's... Of Guru Lahima. Um, yes. Coming back, sorry. Sorry. Yeah, no, thank you for knowing the names. I don't think I wrote that one down. <laughs> yeah, but, well, it's just going back, like, we've seen already, like, from Zaheer's introduction that he has this, like religious reverence for the air nomad culture but specifically for guru lahima mm-hmm. but it seems to be overall for airbending and air nomads because as soon as he gets through the the spinning the spinning boards of death and comes back out he says to milo in with complete sincerity a student is only as good as his teacher and bows to him like that wasn't an ironic thing he did he oh i truly think it meant it I I didn't. I... Because obviously Milo didn't teach him that. Right. It was trying to maintain cover. And again, he immediately screws it up with, oh, hey, you know, we found more airbenders. You're going to go join them all at the Northern Air Temple. And he wants to know, will the Avatar be there? No, she split off. Oh, I'm disappointed. I was looking forward to meeting her. Which, well, I mean, to be fair, like, yeah, it was a... It, I mean, it was a little bit of a giveaway, at least for us. But, I mean, who wouldn't want to meet the Avatar in that world? But right. it's the fact that he was the one that asked about it. He could have waited for someone else to say it. He could have asked later. But just straight up, right then and there, will she be there? Not more people. Not the Air Temple. But will she be there? I mean, I guess he could have elbowed Da a little bit, who's our resident, like, air airbender comic relief. Right. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, but, but then... Uh, he, he gives himself away. Well, he it's really just... he really gives himself away in the study later. Like, yeah. Because yeah. he reveals that, okay, this is what he's taught. This is who wrote it. Yeah, like, Help me with names. I'm not Guru Lahima. He's talking yes. with with Iki. But then, again, that's a thing of his reverence for Aaron Nomads. When he was talking, he apologized to her for entering in um, Ang- I think it was Aang's old study. Uh, Tenzin. It was, it was, Tenzin, t- yeah. it was Tenzin's study? Nobody oh, goes yeah. into Daddy's study but Daddy. Okay, yeah. yeah. Like, he apologizes and he shares, like, that, that poem by Guru Lahima with, with Iki. There was nothing, I didn't get any maliciousness that he had, like, towards, towards Iki or necessarily anybody else there on the island. He, he seemed to be, again, like, he's a very kind of complicated character in a lot of ways. Like, he's going on this quest with these three other very, very violent individuals and he himself is no angel. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, he has, like, a lot of this respect and love of Air Nomads. It's not fanatical. It it does seem very, very, like, re- I guess, like, not necessarily restrained, but, like, kind of normalized in a way. He's not a raving lunatic. I'm not right. saying he's not sane. I'm not saying that he's not complicated. I'm saying he's really bad at keeping a low profile. <laughs> That's that's the point I'm trying to make here because Kaya starts questioning him. Well, you know a lot, an awful lot about airbending culture for someone who just started a week ago. Where did you say you were from? A small village. You've probably never heard of it. Oh yeah, hit it, man. Hipster class <laughs> this time, and she finally figures out. 
Oh, yours are here. Yeah, there we go. There we go. <laughs> You've probably never heard of it. I'm from a small village up north. You've probably never heard of it. <laughs> For those of you listening, we have the, um, the hipster. hipsters are here yeah, on if, the screen. If here. you haven't seen this meme, I look it up, Google search it. <laughs> it's pretty great. But he just, he's really, really bad at keeping a low profile. Right. Because he's the one that was perfect at the exercise the first time around. Asked about the avatar. Has a lot of control. It just... It too many things adding up at once. Obviously, he's not who he says he is. Right. Well, I would argue that maybe, like, maybe they were calculated moves. By standing out, he would get people to, like, he would get, like, Kaya and them to pay attention to him so he could ask these questions. Um, at the at the point that he knows that he's not beating the Avatar, um, it would benefit him to see what's intense and study and then escape from there. It just, he just happened to be caught at that point. But he can still stand out without outing itself. Well, no one's allowed to be in daddy's study. Oh, I'm sorry, I couldn't sleep and I got lost. I was attracted to this. You know, I found this really nice poem. Do you know anything about it? There's a there's a much better way to cover your tracks by feigning, I really am new at this, as opposed to, look at all the things I know. <laughs> but, I mean, he well, as you said, like he gets found out by Kaios, who... As far as we can tell, Kaya has never even seen the picture of Zaheer. But, but she knows that he's after the Avatar, and it's pretty public information that the Avatar is looking for airbenders, and that Airbender Island is a really good place to be. Yeah. And just, wow, that fight scene afterwards. <sighs> I know. So good. Tell me about it. I just I think it's like the my my favorite point my favorite point into there is like when Kaya like has like those two like streams of water just like circling around her and they're like squaring off mm-hmm. and then she throws in Zaheer just kind of like manages to dodge left and then he like shoots that bu- burst of air like right at her and then I think he does he fly off with was that Tenzin's yes like stat yeah yeah it was Tenzin's glider yeah so he snags that and he's like away. <laughs> And just own and just like owns everybody with er, with air bending. It was, I'm trying to like unpack his his style because his style is like it's also, it's oddly enough very reminiscent of the way that Kai has been air bending. So it's like it's definitely a part of um, Bag Bagua, but as opposed to being very very defensive, which is what air air the style of air bending is supposed to be. He's been finding more and more increasingly offensive moves. So right. I just I it just it is this is kind of an interest another side of airbending because we haven't seen violent airbenders like ever or seen an airbender other than Aang a few times. Yeah. To, like right. truly bring violence with airbending. You know this is why the Fire Nation took him out because they have the potential to be really great, to be extremely violent, but they choose not to. And there's something of an easy target because of it. Mm-hmm. So that's why the Fire Nation just went, okay, we can knock them right off the board and not have to worry about it. Let's do the thing. <laughs> when Sosin Comet comes around, why not? Apparently, they were about ready to burn the entire Earth Kingdom to cinders. Yeah. Seems to be a little bit of a cheat code, a little bit of God-moding there. <laughs> yeah. But everything changed. When, yeah, that meme will never die. Yeah. So... Now, now moving on, I guess, to episode six, we, we have Old Wounds, which is I aptly named, as this episode focuses almost entirely on, like, Lin and really what split her and Su Yin apart. And not, not only that, like, just going back. So, I guess just, like, op- just opening in this episode, like, one of the main things that we have is uh, 
well, first off, Korra actually accepts to, in order to become a metal bender, which is, you know, we'll, we'll unpack to that. But with Lynn, like, her first on-screen appearance is her yelling at some people and apparently feeling really ill. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but the the lead-up line to that was fantastic. Like, those two guards is like, how many push-ups did you do last night? I did, like, 50. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, what are you two doing? Why are you just standing around? And I was like, this is the safest city in all of the Earth or the world, I guess. Right. Of course it is. They close up at night. It's like <laughs> Malibu. Everything closes at 9 p.m. It's like, but I know a great acupuncturist. I, I, I've seen Mulan too many times. Every time someone says acupuncturist, my knee-jerk reaction is, well, we can't all be acupuncturists. <laughs> I do the really... I do really enjoy the fact that, like, it, when you see, like, past Lynn, I don't know if she was dating, still dating Tenzin at this time when we, we see her when she just joined the police force. No, she she had to have been because she tried to arrest Pema. When... That's true. Hmm. But I don't know if it was during either of the time periods that we saw in these flashbacks because we kind of get, I don't know if they're two separate time periods, but they're probably close to each other. But the acupuncturist says, well, acupuncture may access buried memories just let them come. Like, oh, it's a flashback episode. Yeah. All right. Yeah, this, which I think was like the the interesting part. Like when he puts like the the needle into like what the her third eye, mm-hmm. yeah, and that's what awakens, and that's what awakens everything. And and that's after she needs a second set of needles because she can't feel anything with the first set. He's like, well, I guess we need more needles. Like, this is going to be one of those pincushion jokes, isn't it? <laughs> and it wasn't. I was pleasantly surprised. I, I honestly thought it's like, okay, this could be really bad because I've, cause you know what's going to happen. Like, she's going to freak out and those needles are going to go flying everywhere. Right. We all know it. And they did and it was glorious. <laughs> and I'm fairly certain that is not the first time that's happened to this acupuncturist. Yeah. I guess Because you're in a city of metal benders and it's an occupational hazard. <laughs> yeah, which kind of surprised me that he wasn't wearing, like, protective clothing over everything like yeah, face no. mask. He, he probably in his face. <laughs> oh, he probably just stopped him from He was a metal bender himself, so That's true. Probably not too difficult to stop his own needles. Right. But let's Yeah, do we want to talk about the flashbacks themselves? Oh, yeah, let's yeah, let's yeah. let's dive right into why exactly Lin and Su Yin are in this gulf. Like so we see like very very first that like Lynn comes in and she's very very she's very very straight laced and buttoned down and Su Yin couldn't be the more opposite. She has like two hooligans, just best word to describe them. Yeah, like, yeah they're hooligans. Yes. Well, and Possibly earlier punks. on, earlier on, Su Yin did say that because Toph had had such a strict life growing up that she gave her daughters all the freedom they wanted, so they wound up clashing and just vying for her attention, and neither of them really turned out well because they didn't have those guidelines. And so guess, it was too much and then too little for them. Right. And I guess like Lynn, Lynn just wanted to follow in her mother's footsteps. I guess I, I'm not sure if she if it was like I guess it probably was because she hung out with Aang and Aang's family so much and like heard all the stories of her mom that she just grew up idolizing her mother and like almost like put her up on a pedestal. So, so of course she wanted to follow in her footsteps. And I think Su yeah. Yin because just because she was the younger sibling. Is probably why she just went that opposite direction. Well, I mean, she's doing the Bart Simpson. If I lash out, then they'll pay attention to me, even right. if it's negative attention. Whereas Lynn was more, I'm going to be like Mom. That would make Mom proud, and she'll notice me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's two very opposite ways of going, Mom, Mom, Mom. <laughs> Mom. Yeah, and 
I guess it was like hilarious, like to to hear Su Su Yin go, "Why are you gonna tell on me? Are you gonna report me to mom?" It's like just oh, oh I was, such a brat. It was su- it was such a little sister older sister argument. Was, oh yeah. So we have the first flashback is Lin coming in police uniform and mm-hmm. Su Yin hanging out with criminals or hooligans who have a little satchel that's full of jewelry. Where'd you get that? It fell off the back of a truck. Doesn't it always? So right away, we have a really good inkling that these guys are not what they seem, and they're going to be anything but a good influence. Of course. Was anybody else, were you guys like a little bit surprised by like, because ostensibly that was Toph's apartments? Yeah, like yeah, she's, I think it was. Yeah, she's, right. well, one, she's descended from the Bay Fong family who have all the money. Like, just all of it. And then she's also the police chief and the first metal bender in the world. It may have just been a room in the house. Yeah. That wasn't the whole thing, just, you know, one of them. It looks like, it kind of looked like the Mako and Bolin's apartment before that got, you know, vinified. Right. Well, I mean, Toph was always kind of a minimalist. Like, she never bought into the richness of her family. So, I mean, it would go to it would stand to reason that uh she would just have the bare minimum apartment so that she can uh go do her police work and then sleep you know yeah yeah i i guess actually that does that does sound a lot like toff i was i was kind of surprised that it was like that she had such a small place when she could have had more i don't think she ever really wanted more Plus, yeah. it's more rooms to worry about and more stuff to run into and it, she's blind she doesn't want a huge complicated floor plan <laughs> I'm surprised it was off the ground level. You'd think there there would just be like earth everywhere as opposed to like boards. Like that has to. Did we know that it was off the ground level? I assumed that it was off the ground level. It looked like it was. There was also the wood flooring, which also kind of. Was... She should. Mm, she might be able to do vibrations through that. I'm not I believe sure. So. I, I think she can, but I thought it like messed with her because that's what when they tossed her in the wooden cage in that one up ep- in that one episode back in book three of uh, Last Airbender. I thought it messed with her seismic sense. Hmm, maybe. We're doing a lot of analysis over a set piece. <laughs> so these wooden floors. So these wooden floors. Were they wood or laminate? Bend wood? <laughs> Anyways. Can you bend wood? Yeah. Um, I feel like... The water... Uh, the swamp benders. Yeah, the swamp benders. Yeah. yeah, you can. But you have to have... you bending the water inside We're them. actually talking about this. The, uh, okay. But anyways, <laughs> anyway... Back to the flashback. To, back to the very important flashback. Yes, when Su- not whether or not we can bend wood. <laughs> when Lynn get lit... Um, we see Lynn, like, in the in her old cop car. Mm-hmm. And she gets, like, an APB. Like, Lenny knows, like, some jewel thieves. Like, going down such... I forget which the street... What street yeah, it was. Third and, and et cetera. Yeah, third... Yeah, and... Um, all officers respond. Lynn immediately does. She chases down this vehicle, uses the old school metal bending coils to bring it down, and just lo and behold, look who's inside it. It's the hooligans. No. Ruffi- ruffians, thugs, <laughs> men with pointy I think teeth. if you, I think we're going to say hooligans, we have to yes. say, damn hooligans. Just add a little <laughs> bit of an Irish no. accent to it. You don't want to be like the hooligans? No. No, not at all? No. No hooligans? All right, fine. <laughs> yeah. So basically, she goes after them and arrests them, and who should come out of the driver's seat of the getaway car but Su Yin? No, not only just coming out, she's like actively yelling at, like, "Leave them alone!" Like this is just 
Like, this is just, like, a random argument that they're having at home. It's just like, leave my friends alone. They weren't doing anything other than robbing a place. Right. And you're involved with them? I'm just driving the car. Oh, yeah, you're the getaway driver. That's that's, that's not, not involvement. Yeah, that that's not something you can get arrested for and are about to. Yeah. Yeah, that was... So she starts leaving and Lynn says, don't you dare go. She keeps going. Bad things happen. Yep. Yeah, I... I, this I, I, is a rough scene. Yeah, and this is also where we see those like Lynn's trademark scars, like where she got, which could yeah. also be why she is a little bit more bitter about all this because yeah. not only her face was scarred, and then her sister, like you know, flat out betrayed her in yeah. a lot of ways. Because so Lynn wraps the cables around Suyin to stop her, wraps them around her wrist. Suyin cuts them; they snap back and they snap across her cheek. The frayed ends are what causes that scar. So that's the answer to where that scar came from. Her um, her sister caused it. <laughs> that's really good for family relationships. Yeah. And the last flashback we have is in Toph's office. With Toph saying, you put me in an awful situation. Here's what we're going to do. Sue, leave the city. You're staying with your grandparents. Get out before sundown. Lynn, give me the arrest report. And she tears it up. Yeah, and that... I mean, it just just the look on Lynn's face when her mom does that. It like it was, it was full of, but it was betrayal not only as a like as her daughter, but also as a police officer. She couldn't like fathom. It was like the the image that she had of her mother got shattered at at that point. Right. Well, and Lynn sees it as Sue essentially getting away with murder. She yeah. does whatever she wants, and there's zero consequences. And it sounds like this has been something that's come up before. <laughs> I would I would have to say it had to be several times. I mean, if Su Yin is like already like acting as getaway driver in a heist, yeah, no, she's obviously been like doing a lot of things that of course like Lynn is just like she shouldn't be getting away with this at all. Like I don't think Lynn ever got disciplined. Like neither one of them ever got the yeah, the, no. the discipline. Maybe maybe Lynn did a little bit hanging with with Aang and possibly with Sokka like maybe they were like kind of those authority figures in her life mm-hmm. well she probably got some discipline when she joined the police that, will, that also... will really beat it into you but she probably never got much from her mom Yeah, and who knows who their um, dads are Yeah, which they don't even know it, it exactly. seems like they don't even know who I their doubt that are. they do I, I seriously doubt they have any idea who their fathers are and I doubt it ever mattered to them yeah. I'm sh- I'm sure at some point it may have mattered a little bit. I'm I could be wrong in that, but that is like that's an interesting family setup, which leads to a better family setup when um, Lynn, you know, after shooting the needles everywhere, walks in on Su Yin, um, giving both Bolin and Cora a nice you know uh, metal bit metal bending session, and decides that she's going to interrupt all of this with a good old family brawl. <laughs> Starting with, we need to talk. We need to talk, throws metal at. Yeah. And Bolin's like, I think Lynn's mad. <laughs> <laughs> and Cora going, should we stop them? And Bolin, oh, you don't have siblings. Fighting is all part of the experience. Yeah, there's True. fighting and then there's, someone's going to die. Yeah, that was vicious. A lot of that, the moves in that fight, which Lynn was, as Lynn was screaming at her, it's like, you're the reason why mom stopped being a cop. Like but she wh- retired happily a year later. Yeah, out of guilt. <laughs> and then there was Mom and I buried the hatchet years ago. 
you didn't bother coming. You would know this if you had. So Lynn is still holding a grudge for Toph over something that Toph is no longer concerned about. Right. Well, I Her mean, own grudge as well, but you did this to mom is certainly part of it. Yeah. Right. Um, I mean, it's it's kind of prodigal son syndrome, if that's a syndrome. Cause like, a little? I mean, yeah. Because uh, Suyin was off doing her own thing, and then she she's able to bury the hatchet without any without any repercussions, whereas uh, Lynn has been doing the right right thing this whole time um, and gets no reward for it. She is, in fact, a lonely, bitter old woman uh, for all her efforts. Which no. Suyin, you know, very kindly points out, like, no wonder Tenzin left you. <laughs> yeah, that I, was... I was actually I surprised... I wrote that quote down. No wonder Tenzin ended things with you years ago. <laughs> I was actually surprised that, like, I thought Lynn's reaction was a bit restrained. I thought that's when we would, like, cut out to, like, a wide shot of the city and just something falls. (laughs) (laughs) Well, keep in mind, she'd also just come from acupuncture, and the acupuncturist had said, you'll probably feel a little fragile. You should take it easy for the rest of the day. I'm going to do something I should have done years ago. Beat the hell out of my sister, evidently. (laughs) Wow. And then Opal swings in, managing to actually, like, save everything and, like, put it kind of right. Yeah, stop fighting. Why would you do this? Your sister's like, oh, okay. And then Lynn collapses. Only to wake up the next morning. 16 hours later. (laughs) Was the next morning. True. (laughs) I'd like to sleep that long. Just like, oh, I'm great. How's breakfast? Okay, what? (laughs) And she comes out dressed in the garb of the city. She's not in her police uniform, which I don't think we've ever seen her out of her police uniform. Right. Yeah. She comes out in casual clothes in the style of the metal clan. And it's just like, who are you and what have you done with Chief Bay Fogg? I think Boland pretty much says that. It's like, what? And then... Just because we got to wrap up, we we need to talk just very briefly about Sahir and their. I mean, they have like a really really dramatic escape, as we see yeah. from 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 Republic City. But like just that scene, like right before, we're getting into more of like how their group dynamic is. They um, Pile talks about it's like, are we still going to? Uh, it was like it was like killer, ca- like they're capture gonna, the president. Yeah. yeah, take out the president. But he says no. We the the avatar is our first priority. We need to get out of the city. And that, so they knock over a delivery guy, hide in the back of his van, and force him to take them out to take them out of the city. And this poor man, this poor <laughs> man just freaks out. What wouldn't you like? Ming Hua has like an ice dagger, like pointing right at your heart the entire time, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then of course they make it out. Of, of course they make it out of the city. Just a, a combination of Gazan, like magma bending the bridge, mm-hmm. and Pele just blowing cars up. Because I guess when you have a cannon for a forehead, that's what you get to do. <laughs> so it's not a subtle escape. <laughs> yeah. No. So obviously, they're the Avatar and the rest of the people are going to hear about it. But you know, essentially, you think like, oh, well, he doesn't. Gazan, or no, Zahir doesn't know where the where they are. But then, like the last we see, we see him meditating, and then he wakes up and he says, like, she's in Zalfu. Mm-hmm. Which, okay, uh, magic. I, I go ahead. I know. I don't know you. All you oh, are. I had interpreted interpreted it as him um, doing the spiritual project, projection. Oh, because um, even that quote, if I remember what it said, uh, boop 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 boop. 
gonna find it. Anyways, he <laughs> the quote that he had read uh, from the Guru Lahima. Yeah, Guru Lahima. Um, was about like freeing yourself from the world and becoming like the wind, which is essentially what the spirit uh, projection is. So I assume he had at that point mastered it and found where she was. Dude's uh, just broken. Yeah, he's way overpowered. <laughs> I, he's yeah, he's already figured out um, Jinora's like uber advanced airbending technique. Apparently, yeah. Well, he's just broken. He's I, just broken. <laughs> Well, I guess, and then I guess we're going to the next, uh, coming into like the next couple episodes, we're actually going to see that assault on the city of Zafu. Yeah. They actually showed that at Comic Con, and um, it's something. <laughs> it is something. All right, well. We got two more things you should probably mention for this. Okay. One, Cora's learned to metal bend. Bolin has sucked up his pride and asked to learn and is not doing very well at it. And Opal talked to her parents and will be leaving with them to go to the uh, Northern okay. Air Temple. Yeah. yeah. Which is, wraps us up for this week. Uh, don't forget, on iTunes, please comment. Let us know what you what you think, and give us a five-star rating if you think we're deserving of it. And if you guys are on the YouTubes, please also comment, like us, share us around. We still don't have a winner for last week's swag bag. Yeah. Like, nobody entered. Get to follow and get to commenting. Exactly. So, ladies and gentlemen, I'm John Quick. You can find me on Twitter at, at @nowquick. Uh, I'm Tari J. Miller. You can find me on Twitter at Tari J. That's T-A-U-R-I-J-A-Y. You can also find me on the Sword Art Online panel and the Extant panel. I'm Katie Cullen. You can find me on Twitter and Tumblr at Kiaxe. That's K-I-A-X-E-T. I am also on Attack on Titan, Sword Art Online, and Ruby. And that's all. We'll see you guys next week for Episode 7 and 8. See ya. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 